Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting edition of the internationally known, well-distributed Two Bucks Sports Podcast. I am your co-host, Buckets, checking in tonight. I want to welcome my co-host, Uncle Buck. Drew, how you living down there in Mississippi? Man, I'm living. We are getting through it together down here in Mississippi. So just just some nasty weather, but nothing you don't see every day around here. Yeah, I feel that, man. South Carolina and Mississippi are a lot alike. If you don't like the weather, wait a day. It'll change. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's impossible. It'd be impossible for you to schedule a tea time around here. Yeah, this time of the year it would be. Uh, you know, I uh, had the had the the pleasure of playing golf this past Saturday with our field reporter, Mr. Lauren Massey. Shout out to him. We played at the Granddaddy here in Myrtle Beach, the uh, original golf course here. Pine Lakes is the name of it. It's a neighborhood course, but it's a really nice, well laid out course and you know, the, the the weather was there. I wish our golf game was beautiful, but we had fun yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. I've never played uh, played golf with Lauren, but I have played golf with Rusty. And for somebody who talks about golf as much as Rusty does, I beat him every time. <laughs> I've and never, I, I, I dust those things off once a year, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never I've never been so bad at something yet enjoyed doing it so much. So here's to my uh, ever <laughs> and never changing golf game. Right. <laughs> I guess I'm just a natural athlete. Mm, that's it. hundred percent. Gotta be it, man. But hey, speaking yeah. of natural athletes, man, I don't know how I'm making that segue, but we're going to try. I don't um, know. I have no idea where you're going. So. I don't either. We're just going to find out like Michael Scott, <laughs> hope to find it along the way. That's um, right. But we have some exciting news tonight. Uh, we did some research this past weekend, did some legwork and drew, we are now officially available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. And that's exciting news because I know that most people consume podcasts one of two ways, or one of three ways if you want to count YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in my circle, the vast majority of people are iPhone owners. And so to get on the Apple Podcast app, I feel like it's huge. And I know that our listeners have been listening faithfully, and I know of friends who have told me that they have downloaded Spotify just to listen to us, and I appreciate that. And so our return, our give back to you is that we're just going to make it a little bit easier for you. So uh, get on the Apple podcast app, two bucks sports podcast. Don't unsubscribe to Spotify. Just let it keep going. Let it keep going, but also subscribe to Apple podcast. And then really guys, we would really appreciate if you left a review, a rating, Uh, hopefully it's a five star Uh, give us a review on Apple and Spotify. That's what helps us grow our audience, get our name out there. If you're enjoying it, just click those stars. It's on the homepage. Leave us a review if you have time, but at least a star rating. We'd really appreciate any five-star ratings we can get just to grow our audience, get us out there. And I'll add to that. Even if you hate it and want to leave a comment, you can say whatever you want to in the comment section as long as you leave five stars. That's it. So just if you hate us and never want to hear us again, Leave us five stars and tell us why. That's we'll, it. We'll read it and internalize it and maybe put out a better product from your feedback. But just leave five stars. If you leave zero stars and a nasty comment, I will ignore it forever. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get us to interact with you in the comments, you can you can be nasty, but uh, definitely leave that five star, guys. We'd really appreciate just help her grow our audience and, and get our name out there for sure. There you go. But That's exciting. Uh, yeah, but uh, just kind of going on a quick somber note real quick, Drew, and um, I, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot this week and this weekend about our viewers and our listeners out there, 
and our audience is growing. You know, we were talking this week, you and I, about our audience in Virginia growing into some states that I've never been to. You, as the former rock star, probably have. But we're expanding our footprint across the United States. And um, I feel like now is a good time. I need to own up to something. I need to apologize to a certain group of people that I let down. Ole Miss fans. No, I'll never apologize for that. (laughs) I have been the kiss of death all year. And there's not a better group of sports fans that are more entertaining, more fun to watch than the Bills Mafia. And I owe them an apology because I picked the Buffalo Bills at the beginning of the NFL playoffs and they limped through their first game. And I continued my kiss of death and they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll get to our NFL talk here in a minute, but I owe the Bills Mafia an apology for putting my kiss of death on their beloved franchise. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Rusty. If you really believe you are the kiss of death, I would like to, on the record, get you to pick the Ole Miss Rebels to win the College World Series for a back-to-back time this mm-hmm. July, this June. Not happening. Not happening. Not well, then we may win it. Hey, uh, here we go, back-to-back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you are you are just screwed, my man. Probably. You can, you can say it here for everybody to hear that you want Ole Miss to win the College World Series. Ah. Or you can watch Ole Miss win the College Road Series. <laughs> How about, I'm going to go with option C, and that's neither. <laughs> well, uh, with the college baseball polls coming out, y'all got a lot of love, a lot of generosity there. I, uh, we'll uh, do some shows coming up on college baseball as we're about 25 days away from the greatest sport in the land, and I cannot be more excited about it. Speaking of college baseball, it's right around the corner. February 17th. February 17th. That's mm-hmm. it. VMI comes to Startville for a three-game tilt. And I'm excited to see this new Bulldogs. we got a lot of new faces, which, again, don't want to get into it too much. I'd like to do a show coming up on that. But uh, pretty excited for this year. Can't be a lot worse than last year. So here's hoping for a turnaround. And here's for a lot more of the same. (laughs) I hear you. Well, Drew, we've really enjoyed these last couple of weeks, and I think our audience has as well. And appreciate those that voted in our our Instagram and Twitter polls last week about our, our game day snack draft. And so we decided to do it again this week. You know, it's it's a fun way for us to kind of get through some topics, talk about things we enjoy. And so tonight we're going to do our top five sports movies. Drew, there's a million of them out there, each about different sports. There's classics. There's comedies. There's so many good ones to pick from. It's going to be tough to narrow it down to five. I'm telling you, when I, you know, I, I rattled off. I mean, I was able to rattle off and write down you know, eight to 10, just off the top of my head that I love. And then I Googled it just to make sure I wasn't missing out. And I was like, man, this is a draft with two people. You could go 10 rounds. Easy. Easy. I've got 20 on my list right here to pick from just in case you pick some of mine. Cause there's just, there's just so many. Yeah. When it's over, we'll have to do an honorable mentions. Yep. But being the gentleman that I am, I have picked first twice. And so I'm going to Hand over the first overall pick to my co-host and, and fellow sports movie fan. So, Drew, you're officially on the clock with the sports movie draft. Well, let me just tell you, Rusty, um, I don't know how you want to count this uh, because it is one of several movies. But if I have to choose one, I'll just pick one of the series. But there are a lot of monumental movies a lot of monumental characters that happen in monumental times in this world. 
but only one man defeated communism, and that was Sir Rocky Balboa <laughs> in Rocky IV, and they defeated Ivan Drago and the, and Soviet Russia with mm. one left fist, yep. took down the whole shebang. It's yep. the greatest sports movie of all time. It's by far the 101, and no one can convince me otherwise. You can try, <laughs> but... Unless you're going to uh, say the miracle on ice, mm. um, this is the only movie that ended communism. Yeah, you're that's not a wrong. real that's a real world problem. It is, and this really happened. <laughs> <laughs> There's a statue in Philadelphia of him. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's a, that's, that's my pick. Number solid one, solid pick, man. I, you know, I can't argue with that. Uh, if you argue with that movie, you're arguing against American freedom, and 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 that's wrong. You're wrong. So. Solid first pick. Can't really uh, argue with Rocky Four there as the first pick. So do I get all of Rocky's? Four. I'll just take four. I mean, the rest are great, but I'm not going to take one, two, three, five, and yeah, Rocky Six, seven, eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take those anyways. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I had Rocky. I had Rocky Four on my list. I had another Rocky movie down my list, but um, but yeah, we'll go with Rocky Four there as number one. For me, Drew, I went a little bit older. Um, I read the book. And this is one instance, in in my opinion, that the movie is better than the book. The book read a little bit slow. They did a better job of turning it into a movie. If you know me, you've known that this is my favorite sports movie of all time. I've probably seen it a conservative 100 times. It's probably not going to get a lot of people excited. Um, some people may not have even seen it. But my favorite sports movie of all time is The Natural with Robert Redford. I'm taking The Natural as my first overall pick. If you haven't seen it, Robert Redford plays this wonder boy um it comes out of nebraska farm country with this bat that he built that's named wonder boy out of a out of a tree that was struck by lightning on his farm and his name is roy hobbs and roy hobbs in his first major league at bat hit a baseball so hard that the cover came off and Sounds it's realistic it's very realistic it's a it's a really good just tale about america's pastime in my opinion the greatest sport out there uh, and that's baseball and it's in a time when it was really like pure it's set in like the 1920s it's an older tale uh, back when it was the only sport alive basically yeah. uh, but my first pick overall is the natural robert redford yeah well i appreciate you picking a movie that i have heard of maybe twice <laughs> and really just opening up the whole game for me when it comes to the uh poll voting because i can tell you right now one pick again and it's a hundred to zero, hundred percent for me. May not be wrong. So you're not playing the game, but if you stay true to yourself, I guess that's all that matters. That's right. I'm playing the game, and so <laughs> with the uh, let's see the oh, you've got another pick. You got the turn here. Yep, go ahead. I do. Since snake draft style, I am taking the greatest football movie in my opinion of all time. Remember the Titans. Great soundtrack, great story, great football. If you don't love this movie, I don't know that we can really be friends. It tells a great story. You know, it, it's it's in a time, a tumultuous time in America. Rocky defeated commun- communism. The Booker T. Washington Titans <laughs> defeated racism. And so it's a great story about seger- desegregating a school and doing it through the lens of sports. Uh, left left side. side, strong side with a phenomenal movie quote. Uh, Remember the Titans, one of my favorite movies of all time. Definitely a great sports movie. And I know that Denzel is like Academy Award winner. I mean, Training Day, the whole. I mean, he yeah. deserves awards for 
sure. much more critically acclaimed movies. But the speech he gives to Petey when he won't quit fumbling the ball. <laughs> Break my foot in your John Brown high parts. <laughs> and then you will run them out. Yeah. That gets me every time. Yeah. And uh and yeah, yeah you've it's got great characters, it's got great music. It's yeah. it was when I was just listing off the ones that come to my head, it was like two or three for me, and that was too low. Like yeah. Yeah, you know, I remember we went and watched it when I was in high school when it came out as a team to try and rally us, and it was just a, it was a good a good movie. It was a great story, like you said. There's so many good characters from Sunshine to Petey to Gary Bertier. Uh, great, yeah. great story. So remember the Titans, pick number two. All right, well, I've got the turn here, the last pick of the second round, and I'm going nostalgic too, but it's not for what you think. So everybody grows up playing sports with their friends, and so with me, it was me and Kirk and David. There were three of us, and me and Kirk were older, so we were always on a team against David, and then David would get mad and he'd punch me because I was smaller than Kirk. So that was, you know, it takes you back to when you're playing ball in the yard, and that's why my second pick is the Sandlot. Yeah, that's good. Good pick, man. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's Squints, tough. Smalls. I mean, the whole, the Benny great Bambino, the Sultan of SWAT. That's it. Benny the Jet, man. Yeah. Like, ah, what a story. Yeah. It's a, it's a great movie, and uh, it's, it's by far one of my favorites. And for a movie that was made in the 90s, there yeah. was a run of movies, and I'm sure none of these are going to be on our list, but like – uh, this movie and it's like they spun it off and made Little Giants, which was a great movie. And that and Mean Green, all those movies were like in the same vein, just different sports, and they were all good. Mm-hmm. But Sandlot is by far number one. I don't disagree. And the Little Giants is in my top ten. It's not like yeah. one I was necessarily going to pick, but it's going to get an honorable mentions because when that woman wraps that snot bubble kid up and all that bubble wrap <laughs> and sends him to practice is just a phenomenal scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, all right. So, um, with my third pick, I'm going to go with a newer movie. Uh, as far as sports movies goes, there's newer movies can go back 10 years, you know? And so I like a movie based on a true story and that's why I picked Moneyball, Mm. the story of Billy Bean and the Oakland athletics and where analytics, the birth of analytics, where it all started when the Oakland Athletics, and you don't get this a lot of time in professional sports, they were self-aware to know that we can't compete playing the same game that the Yankees play or that the Blue Bloods play. So we're going to have the boldness to try something a little different, and it paid off. And so, yeah, that was – I think that's a great movie. Absolutely, I agree. Great movie. Um, It's a very analytical thought movie. Jonah Hill does a great job in it. It's a it's a very good movie. I, I, that's a solid pick. It did not make my list, but it is one that that definitely should be on there. That's a good one. <clears throat> All right, so I got the last pick of the third round. I was kind of torn here, but I'm gonna go with another kind of a throwback to when I was in uh, middle school, high school. It was a really uh, coming of age tale. You know, it's not necessarily the most family friendly sports movie, but one that <laughs> makes me laugh every time I watch it. Uh, and that's Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues, the the Texas high school football movie. Christopher Walken is the uh, no, John Voigt is the head football coach at this Texas high school, and they've got this stud quarterback who gets hurt, and his backup has to come in and play. And 
uh, you get this great, great line about guy gets a concussion and he says, well, they scammed my cat, said I can play. <laughs> <laughs> Just sums up football in my mind. Varsity Blues is a great coming of age high school football story. It's a great comedy. And those of you that were fans of 90 sports movies will remember it very well. Absolutely. Never seen it in my life. <laughs> great movie you should check it out <laughs> so i got two picks here uh that's the last pick of the third round coming up on my first pick in the fourth round and my first pick in the fourth round is a basketball movie uh, again i'm going old school here i guess i'm playing to our older fans our older audience out there but gene hackman plays this hard-nosed indiana basketball coach in this movie called hoosiers and it's based on a true story of this little farm town basketball team that makes a great run in the late 60s i believe it's got this wonderful tale of this man who's been struck by lightning 93 times and in the movie he gets struck again and yells out 94 <laughs> but they make this great run it's based on a true story they embellish the end a little bit i won't give it all the way away but it's a great tale I mean, you're not spoiling wonderful. it for anybody i mean it's I mean, been out since the, <laughs> yeah. the 80s but uh hoosiers Great basketball movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, I know I've got a couple on here. I may not be playing to the crowd, but I'm trying to educate our audience. If they haven't seen these sports movies, check them out. Gene Hackman and Hoosiers is my fourth pick. Okay. Well, I feel confident in my list. I mean, I'm, I've got a top five, and you had not even touched them yet, uh, except for Remember the Titans. So mm -hmm. there you go. Uh, for my next one, so I've got Rocky Four, I've got Moneyball, and – um, the next pick, I'm looking through my list here and see what I want to do. But if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> Dodgeball is going to be my next pick. Yep. Just an incredible comedy movie, a Ben Stiller classic, a Vince Vaughn classic. Anything with Vince Vaughn in it, mm. I'm all the way in. In sure. in my Christmas movies draft, I I, I got. Four Christmases. I think it's great. Vince Vaughn's great in this movie. It's an incredible, hilarious movie that you can rewatch a thousand times and never gets old. Mm. Solid. Solid choice. Dodgeball's hilarious. I agree. Dodger Ridge. There's so many great quotes in that. Uh, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Uh, <laughs> Dodgeball is a, is a solid pick. It was one I was bouncing around two or three. It was one that I was looking at on my list for sure. And with my last pick, or this will be the my fifth pick. Yep, first pick, first pick of the fifth round. Then I've got one more. Okay, so I've got Sandlot and Rocky and Moneyball and Dodgeball. That's two dramas. That's two comedies. So where do I want to go next? Is the question. And as I go down here, one of them jumps out at me because it's different than any of the other ones that I've picked. It's got a western hero in it. And it's about boxing. Mm. And it is one of the saddest movies I've seen. This is a good pick if it's what I'm thinking it is. And it is Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, that's a good pick. He, no, I mean, like I said, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched this movie, then I'm not going to apologize for spoiling it. But when he kills her at the end, <laughs> he, he, just, he, he just mercy kills her at the end. Yeah. I'm like... Dang man, and then just like the movie's over, and yeah, that's it. I'll, and you know, it, you know, it's a sports movie. You grow up watching sports movies, and it's like, okay, well, the hero always comes back at the end. You know, mm -hmm. Henry Rowan Gardner will strike the guy out, <laughs> even though his arm's just back to normal and healed, and he yeah. can't throw a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball anymore. 
He's throwing that Ephus pitch now. Yeah, yeah, he's throwing the Ephus pitch to a guy that looks like John Crook. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and he just he just he just Whips. kills her. <laughs> yeah. And uh it's a it's a solid, solid movie. It's yeah. one of my favorites and it's a dramatic movie and it makes mm-hmm. you feel things. And for a sports movie that doesn't happen very often. So it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Million dollar uh, baby. Million dollar baby, solid choice. Yeah, man. So my last one, I've got, I've got three that I'm really between. I'm trying to decide if I want to play more nostalgic to my older crowd, which I've been doing, playing to our older listeners. Um, ugh, I'm really down, but there's, there's two that I'm really torn between. But my last pick of the draft tonight, I'm going with a. I don't really love Tom Cruise. And it's an obscure sport, which we've got another one coming up here in a minute. But it's an off-the-wall pick because it's not like you think of your traditional sports. you got your baseball, basketball, football movies. My last pick tonight is Days of Thunder. It's a phenomenal NASCAR movie. Tom Cruise is a NASCAR driver. Robert Duvall is his pit crew chief. Nicole Kidman is his list where the two of them met and started their marriage. But it's a great tale of – his name is Cole – I can't remember his last name, but he drives a Mountain Dew car, and it's all about life on the NASCAR uh, trail where they're burning up and down the roads, hitting Daytona, Talladega, Days of Thunder, a great adrenaline movie, is my last pick, edging slightly over Mighty Ducks with Emilio Estevez, which was another great movie of my childhood. Loved that movie. Did you know what I didn't know? So, Emilio Estevez and... um, Shoot, what's the crazy guy's name that was in Two and a Half Men? Charlie Sheen. He was in my yeah. other. Mm-hmm. They're brothers. Yeah, they're half brothers. Yeah, I did not did not know that till way too yeah. late. Charlie uh, Sheen's movie Major League uh, is one that was just out of the cut for me. Right, for uh, me great too. Great movie. Funny story about that. Shout out to my younger brother Clark. That was the first movie that we really got to watch when we were younger with cuss words in it. <laughs> and they called us Pete and repeat because anything I said or did, Clark would repeat and say. And Clark was bad about repeating things off of movies. And my dad said, the first time y'all repeat an ugly word, this movie's getting turned off. And we're like 20 minutes in the movie. We're eating breakfast. It's me, Clark, and dad. Mama's gone somewhere. Clark drops the H-bomb. Not a bad one, but enough. <laughs> dad cuts the movie off. And I'm like, what are we doing, man? Come on. He said not to repeat it. Anyway, <laughs> later that day, mom and Clark go out and dad and I finish Major League. And it's still been one of my favorite movies. Uh, nobody drinks Jumbo's uh, rum. That's really bad. Like just mm-hmm. great quotes. And then one other one I'll mention, I'll turn it over to you for your honorable mention. Uh, shout out to our boy, Cody Reinhardt, who's on the podcast the other night. Eight seconds. The Lane Frost story is one of those movies that gets you in the heart. Story about this bull rider back in the late 80s, early 90s, that was this phenom that uh, doesn't give it away too much, but, I mean, he dies at the end of the movie. Really, it's a it's a sobering story, but a cool story about a cowboy. Eight seconds, if you hadn't seen it, check it out. Yeah, so my honorable mentions are uh, For the Love of the Game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, great baseball movie. Yeah, anything with Kevin Costner in it is good, even draft day. Yeah, no, that movie's unrealistic. <laughs> True. Uh, Friday Night Lights. Radio, like Mike. I mean, that was my jam when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> little bow wow. Oh yeah. Um, and then Talladega Nights, and the I will recommend one movie for you because I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. It's a movie called Molly's Game. I didn't pick it because I don't know if 
Texas Hold'em is a sport. I mean, they do play it, show it on ESPN, so I guess I could have picked it. But it's based on a true story. Uh, Jessica Chastain is the lead actress in it, and it's based on this former Olympic long jump skier who has a catastrophic injury and doesn't really know what to do with life. And so she gets in, she starts hosting these high dollar underground poker games hmm. that draw in Hollywood A listers, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, the most elite of the elite start playing in her in her poker games. Huh. And the one of the main characters who's the villain in that movie, they believe in the calling Player X or mm-hmm. Player A, something like that. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Who was just an absolute tool the whole time. It was just a jerk to everybody, but he was the best poker player there. Since it's come out that that actual person was Toby Maguire. Okay. And, yeah. And so it's an write it down buckets. It's an incredible movie. It, yeah. They end up really getting stuck with uh, they got, they got dealt a bad hand when the <laughs> the Russian mob tries to infiltrate it to uh, launder money through a you know, underground uh, poker ring. Yeah. But a uh, top ten movie. It's incredible. Watch it sometime. Yeah. But that's the end of my list. That's the end of my honorable mention. Go through your picks and I'll go through mm-hmm. mine to remind everybody what we got and then we're going to post them on our stories and on our social channels tomorrow and let everybody vote to see who has the best list. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Drew in his pick, first overall pick, he picked Rocky Four. He got Sandlot as his second. Third pick was Moneyball. Fourth, Dodgeball. Five million dollar baby. Uh, Bucket's picks were The Natural, first overall. Remember the Titans, Varsity Blues, Hoosiers, and Days of Thunder. There you go. That's the so list. Check them out online. Uh, we'll get those posted here soon. But I rounded out my list with kind of an obscure sport. Not everybody's into NASCAR. Uh, one thing we've done the last couple of weeks is our obscure sport minute. And Drew, I found one this week that not only is an obscure sport, there's also some controversy around it. Okay. I'm, some, I'm intrigued. Some people think it's fake. So as of right now, they don't have any more events posted, but it looks like the last event that is going to be sponsored happened on December 11th of 2022, so barely a month ago. Uh, the Mogul Chess Boxing Championship, organized by prolific online streamer Ludwig, was a one-day event, December 11th, 2022, that was broadcasted live from the Galen Center in Los Angeles. It features the ultimate crossover sport. Prolific streamers will battle it out over a chessboard, and then boxing in alternating rounds. The matches will be decided by checkmate or a knockout over the seven-round match. So basically what these people do, they're in a boxing ring. They show up just like it's a a Tyson Fury fight. They do their entrance. They get down there, and there's a chessboard, and they play a round of chess. Ding, bell goes off. You hop up. You put your gloves on, then you box. And so there's a couple different ways to win. Again, you can win through checkmate. And it's just like you see these chess matches. They've got a clock that they tap. They make their chess moves. But when that bell goes off, they get up and they start punching each other in the mouth. And so it's the ultimate crossover sport. So you make one move and then you get hit in the face? Is that how it goes? No. So it's like a, it's like a boxing match. you got like three minutes of chess, three minutes of boxing. Three okay. minutes of chess, three minutes of boxing. So, because the first thing I was thinking was like Magnus Carlson, the greatest chess player of all time, wouldn't stand a chance against Not Tyson Fury because <laughs> if you can't beat him in three minutes, then you're done. <laughs> you How, however, 
Tyson Fury would get beat by Magnus Carlsen in three minutes easy. So Probably three moves. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like a game of Russian roulette if you're Magnus Carlsen, who's just a nerd like all chess players are. Right. Uh, there is no crossover in this game because there are no strong people that play chess. <laughs> That's just fair. like, you know, like there's no boxers that play chess. I mean, you take repeated head trauma every <laughs> single day and you want to go out there and play the world's most strategic game of all time. Mm, yeah. I, I wouldn't sit at a blackjack table with a boxer and feel threatened at all. Like, I feel like I'm not even a good blackjack player. We talked about that last week. I lost all my money at Tunica. But you put me up against a guy who's got cauliflower ear, and I like my chances. <laughs> no? You're probably not wrong. Uh, but again, there's controversy. So I was reading on their website uh, yeah, that's stupid. That, that there are people who think it was a sham because there's no real fans in the audience. And they're saying it was all CGI representing these streamers that they weren't real people. And so there's a lot of like shady going on here. They said they made $200,000 for the winner based off ticket sales, but there's nobody in the crowd. There's It's well, in a dark. Think, Rusty. This is streamers. They're all watching it on Twitch. I mean, that's fair. But they're saying that they sold tickets to this match, but nobody can prove that they were there. So the controversy is, was it a sham and all made up through CGI characters, or did people really get in the ring, play chess, and then bash each other in the face? You know what? I totally subscribe to the theory that it's a sham. It yeah. is a sham by big chess to try to show everybody that they're not dweebs. Absolutely. That we're tough yeah. guys. That we can, yeah. we can take so, a punch. You know, I know we're in the chess club, and that's not macho enough for you, but we also box. But so, we don't box. We're just going to see – we're going to – deep fake our face onto some MMA player's body and then have them go duke it out in the ring. <laughs> like, dude, we see you sitting there at the chessboard. We know that's your body. You're yeah. not going to put, you're not going to Photoshop your face on Tyson Fury and right. I'm not going to believe it. Absolutely. So my commitment to our audience is we, we deliver the cold, hard facts. We don't deal in ifs and buts around here, but I guarantee you if there's another event, I'm signing up uncle buck and sending him out there to tell us if it's real or not. Hey, you pay my way. I'll do a chess for dummies. And I promise you one thing I will lose in less than three minutes, <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> you're going to take a dive or you're going to get checkmated, right? I, I could play Tyson Fury in chess and I say he's a lug, uh, you know, you know, these boxers with cauliflower ear are probably not all mentally there, but I, I promise you, I will be on par with them and my chess abilities. Tyson Fury is six foot nine. I'd love to see you try to box Tyson Fury. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> you take five. Yeah. And, but I couldn't beat him in three minutes anyways in chess. Cause I don't know anything about it. So it just sounds like a suicide mission. <laughs> just find a way to lose before you have to put on the gloves. All I got to say, <laughs> can I just knock over my King and go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You checkmated me. That's it. Darn. All now right. Let's get into a, uh, Rusty, tell me what you thought. We're going to get into last weekend's NFL slate where we had the divisional rounds. We had four football games, and at the end of Sunday night's embarrassing uh, Cowboys game, we were left with four teams, uh, two of which will win this weekend, and we'll have our Super Bowl matchup. So uh, to start, uh, we started the weekend off with Jacksonville and Kansas City and did you leave with any thoughts about it? It was a much more competitive game than I thought. Uh, the it was Chiefs more competitive up, than the final score. 
Yeah, and the Chiefs ended up covering because they scored late. But credit Trevor Lawrence and that defense. They played a whale of a football game. Uh, you know, it's hard to have an answer for Travis Kelsey. I think there's a developing storyline here with Patrick Mahomes going down early. You know, credit Chad Henney. Come off the bench, let a 96-yard touchdown drive after after Pat Mahomes goes down with that high ankle sprain. They're going to need him at his full athletic peak to beat the Bengals next week. But credit Chad Henney came in. He had a great uh, orchestrated that 96-yard touchdown drive, marched them down the field. It's it's cool the way the Chiefs are winning because they're they've revitalized Jarek McKinnon. He's found another gear late in his career. They were talking about it during the game. They lost Tyreek to Miami, and they were still the best offense in the NFL. When you lose a dynamic playmaker like that, and and there's not really a drop off. That's just a credit to Andy Reid and his system. But you know, shout out to the Jaguars. They showed up. They played hard. They were playing with house money. Still gave the Chiefs all they wanted for three and a half quarters, and until late, that game was really close and could really have gone either way with a with a run here or there by Jacksonville. But all in all, that was a good football game to watch. Uh, again, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Pat Mahomes' ankle, but good football game, and and at the end of the day, the better team won. Yeah, that is the the only thing to take away from this looking forward is what does Patrick Mahomes look like mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night rather than the late yeah. game. Yeah. And um you know, you're like you said, credit to the Jags. Ultimately it, the Kansas City is better. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, nobody it's you know my argument I told you with the NCAA tournament where Cinderella's cute until you get to the end you want to see the the good teams play good teams and I didn't have any desire to see Jacksonville in the AFC championship game just for the storyline I want to see Chiefs and Bengals that's what I hoped for I told you when I got there that's who I thought would be there uh and I'm stoked for it I'm glad it's the late game so you know we can just chill out at the house not worry about getting back home from church in time we're just gonna have plenty of time to eat some food sit down and watch Chiefs Bengals and you know hopefully Patrick Mahomes is back to 100% because it's good for football it's good for the product on Sunday night yeah uh but even if he's 75% 75% of Mahomes is good enough to win a Super Bowl yeah you know even if he is relegated to being just a pocket passer he'll still be the best pocket passer that plays on Sunday I mean no offense to Joe Burrow but Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes got a killer arm and I think he'll still be great, like you said, at 75%. But I hope that game he's 100% or at least as close as he can be so that we get the football game we deserve or that we won't. So the uh, the late game on Saturday was not one that we really even need to talk about. Philly just absolutely beat the brakes off of New York. Yep. And I'll just briefly say that Philly, I was, they were the one seed, and so I respected them for being the one seed. But – you know, they kind of limped going into the year with Jalen Hurts injury questions. And so I was ready to fade them a little bit. And I told you, like, never has one team, uh, a number one seed, been able to have as much bulletin board material as Philly did. And that showed on Saturday yeah. night. They just pummeled the Giants. Yeah. And the Giants are solid. Now, they're not yeah. great. They, they were not a Super Bowl team. They were not it would have been a surprise if they made it to the NFC championship game, but they were solid. Yeah. And Philly just worked them. Well, the one interesting stat that I kind of took away from that, like you said, I think Philly took all that disrespect personal, especially that defense. They just showed up and just stuffed everything the giants tried to do. And 
But the biggest stat was Jalen Hurts is the first Alabama quarterback to win a playoff game since Richard Todd back in the early 80s. Oh, wow. Is that yeah. true? So as much as Alabama has pumped out these players and put all these guys in the league. Well, it's always been – that was Tua's thing. It's like, oh, he's the first pro prospect that they've had. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, A.J. McCarron played for a little bit. Had Jay Barker back in the day. You've had different quarterbacks over the years. But the that's the first – Alabama quarterback to win a playoff game since Richard Todd. I believe it was with the Jets back in the in the early 80s, late 70s. But Jalen Hurts, man, has, has really stepped up, played good football. I don't know if it's a product of Nick Sirianni's system or if Hurts is both. Yeah, I think it it's is. Both. But honestly, if you look at the improved Alabama a lot. room, he would have. You would have. Yeah, he has. But if you looked at the Alabama quarterback room, nobody was really picking Jalen Hurts to be the one that's playing for a conference championship between him, Mac Jones, and Tua. Well, no, it's the reason why he was the one that transferred. Oklahoma, exactly. Right. Well, and then we get to Sunday. So Sunday morning was the game that I was looking forward to the most. Same. And what ended up being kind of the biggest, well, not the biggest dud, but the third worst game of the day, of the weekend. You had Cincinnati traveling up to Buffalo on a snowy Buffalo day to play Josh Allen and the Bills. And what I was scared would happen, happened. They have not looked right in weeks since Josh Allen got back from that elbow injury. Mm -hmm. They have not looked right in weeks and the Bengals just put it on them. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I told you I wanted the Bengals to win and I was kind of, I wanted the Bengals to represent the AFC, but I wouldn't have been mad if Buffalo got in, but my love for Cincinnati has just shot through the roof <laughs> i love joe burrow you can't tell me that i i don't know that i could tell you that i would want any other quarterback in the nfl on the road in an afc championship game than joe burrow that dude is cool joe cool i mean it's the best way to describe him mm-hmm. he never gets rattled there's quarterbacks that lead in different ways and you've got the tom brady's in the world who will just dress you down on the sidelines, embarrass you and your mama and your grandmama right there and just talk to you like you've never been talked to in your life. And for Tom Brady, that's always worked. But there's that Joe Burrow coolness aspect where he can you can just look at him and know that, oh, my, everything's going to be fine. Nothing yep. phases that guy. No, not at all. He is Joe Shiesty. He is Joe Cool. A couple things. <clears throat> Number one, if you don't like snow football – you're wrong. That was fun to watch. It felt like I was playing Madden because whenever I was a kid playing Madden, Absolutely. you always turn snow on and it's just yep. so much more fun. The Bills defense was another thing. When Va- when they had Von Miller in the lineup, I think his presence was really missed because when Von Miller was in the lineup, they were the fourth best defense against the run. And without Von Miller, they were the 27th ranked defense against the run. And so his presence could, it definitely <clears throat> hurt the Bills late in the season because Von Miller is one of those guys like you always have to account for him. And so that leaves somebody else to make a play. And without that, the Bills defense definitely took a step back. And then the, the Bengals were just better at every position, at tight end, at receiver, at running back, at 
uh, uh, D, like we're better all the way across the board. But the one thing the Bengals fans need to be nervous about is Eli Apple has spent an awful lot of time on Twitter these last couple of days. And we all know what happens. It's this cycle, right? Like the Bengals win a game despite Eli Apple. He talks a bunch of trash. His mom has to get on Twitter and defend him. He gets cooked in a big game and the Bengals lose. So Bengals fans, be real careful about Eli Apple on Twitter. And Eli Apple, do your thing, because I'll be honest with you, he gets a lot of crap. He gets more crap than the the bad average NFL cornerback. I mean, he's, he brings it on he, himself. he's not good, no. but also, man, you're talking about piling on a guy. Now, and then he he compounds it by talking back. That's it. You know, but anyways, what's interesting to me about, well, Let's save this because we're going to talk about the AFC Championship game in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to uh, Sunday night where we yeah. had America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> playing the San Francisco 49ers and a game that set back offensive football like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. It was it was tough to watch, man. It was tough to watch. Your boy Dak just pooped his pants again. I mean, you're talking – now – he was just bad. He was he reverted back. Everybody wanted to praise him after the game against Tampa Bay, in which he had no pressure in his face at all. And and I know I'm an Ole Miss fan, and I'm not a Dak fan, and you're probably gonna call me a hater, but he just showed again why he used to be the quarterback that would not lose you a game. Like he was solid. He was a definition of solid and dependable. And if you had the pieces around him, you could be really good. But instead, I don't know if he's trying too hard because they have fewer weapons on the outside. They haven't done a good job of getting him a wide receiver group. He's got a great wide receiver one. But outside of that, you've got Noah Brown. You know, yeah, that's Michael opposite. Gallup. Yeah, Michael Gallup. And so maybe he's forcing it too much, but he cost them games And after he came back from injury. He was just totally atrocious. And the Cowboys are going to have to cut Ezekiel Elliott. He yeah. is a he's a boat anchor attached to a whole bag of cash. I said that last week that he's the most overpaid athlete on in the NFL and definitely on that team. We talked about that running back regression, but it was on full display, particularly with the running back play they were getting out of CMC on the opposite side. Tony Pollard's the future of that franchise. I hope he and gets it sucks well, he went dude. down because yeah, that so may have changed things. Best but. of recovery to him with a broken fibula. It was obvious when he went down that he definitely had some kind of a fracture. Your ankle and leg aren't supposed to go that way. Right. But, he had the same injury that Mahomes went out with. Mm-hmm. But you could tell the difference when he didn't wasn't able to set his foot on the ground when he was getting carried off. And then he got carted off to the locker room. The only difference is Mahomes ended up just being an ankle sprain. Uh, Tony Pollard actually fractured his fibula, so it ended up being right. a little bit worse. But, uh, yeah, that game it was exactly what we thought it was going to be. The 49ers won that game. Trent Williams put on a pass-blocking clinic. He shut down Micah Parsons, who one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. My vote for uh, you know top, one of the top defensive players in the NFL, all-pro this year. And Trent Williams put on an absolute clinic on how to show down a, slow down a pass rush. Boy, he did, he did throw that right tackle, though, one time. That little uh, that little Reggie White hip toss, man! What oh in the, with one arm, just 
lobbed him in the air with a I mean, it was incredible incredible effort and back to Dak I, it's it's no secret I love Dak uh, big Dak Prescott fan he represents our university well but you're right he showed a lot of regression uh, on Sunday night poor decision making at first pick especially like like you got to see that guy short the second pick was somehow worse Dak just made poor decision after poor decision and then and, on that you know, final drive. He yeah. threw one directly into the linebacker's stomach yeah. who couldn't yeah, call there's a reason. It's, that's why he plays linebacker and not tight end because that should have been a pick. And he just – he regressed back to to Dak from a couple of years ago, not rookie Dak that came in. And you hate to see it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys found a way to start kind of parting from Dak if they can. And maybe he needs a fresh start, but he did not – he did himself no favors on Sunday night in that 49ers game for sure. And what is my new favorite tradition in the NFL is the Cowboys running the most obnoxious plays to end the game I've ever seen in my life. If you remember last year, with no timeouts and 15 seconds to go, they ran a quarterback draw, and Dak ran like 40 yards and ran far enough away from the referee that he couldn't get there in time to spot the ball so they could spike it and they lost. And this year, they ran the old Indianapolis Colts special, where <laughs> except they had Ezekiel Elliott snap the ball to Dak, and they just, like, Zeke just got obliterated, and then they threw it to their punt returner, yeah. who then got obliterated. Yeah, and, who's, he's still six yards short. <laughs> yeah, it was just comedy at its finest. And the funniest part of it for me was they went out there in that formation. San Francisco called a timeout, and to regroup, adjust, mm-hmm. and then the Cowboys went back out there with the same exact <laughs> formation. It's like, we're going to run it anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> I've read this tweet, and I'll I'll end this game with this. It said, if, if that play was in golf, this would be the golf equivalent. You're a golfer. You would, you'll like this. So if this play happened at golf, it would look like this. You need to hole out from 175 yards on the 18th hole to force a playoff. You wait for the green to clear pull out your three wood, then you drill one off the tree directly in front of you, it ricochets back and hits your caddy square in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So, and so it you know, when you when you root against a team, it's always fun when they lose the last game of the year, but when you lose like that, oh, it's just euphoria. Absolutely. I c- couldn't agree more, but because of that, it set up what we all hope for. The four best teams are playing for their conference championships. Yes. And I think that we've got two really good games on Sunday. I'm glad they're on Sunday. Like you said, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to come home. I want to camp out on my couch and I'm going to watch football until it's it's all settled. And we've got two great football games, starting with said 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. This game's super intriguing to me because these teams have a ton of speed, a ton of playmakers. Very similar styles at West Coast-ish offense, except for the Eagles can stretch the field with Devontae Smith and uh, A.J. Brown. I think it's going yeah. to be a great, yeah, great football <laughs> game. I'm not even going to comment on that. Great Mayor Starkville, A.J. Brown. Yeah, as uh, a team with, with Dawson Knox, D.K. Metcalf, and A.J. Brown, can even make it to a bowl game. I know. That's why Phil Longo is no longer the offensive coordinator. <laughs> Dawson yeah. Knox never scored a touchdown no. for Ole Miss. <laughs> so. no. 
And he, he scored, scored the Sunday. touchdown in every single game the Buffalo Bills play. Yeah, he scored on Sunday in the snow. But uh, I think this would be a great, this intriguing matchup. Two of the best defenses, too. The Eagles defense is kind of underrated, but Eagles defense is really good. The Niners defense is uh, one of the best in the league. D'Amico Ryans, their D.C., will be a head coach somewhere in the very, very near future. He's done an incredible job there. I, I keep seeing these tweets comparing their two current linebackers, Wagner and uh, – guy's name Warner. Uh, Warner and yeah, Warner and then uh, anyway, the two linebackers now to Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis back in the day, just these two stud linebackers making plays all over the field. It's going to be interesting to see how they match up against the Eagles on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Fred Warner's incredible. Yeah. Um, right now Philly's a two and a half point favorite, and that's mm-hmm. that line's holding strong. Uh, it'll be in Philly. So, uh, who do you want to win? I have a. I'll be honest with you. I've always had growing up an Eli fan that translated to the to being a Giants fan while he was there. I still find it hard to root for Philly, but I do love AJ Brown. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, you know, I usually go with the team that has most Mississippi State players. So that'd be the, the Eagles. They've got Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox. Slay is still one of the best corners in the league. Fletcher Cox, uh, product of Yazoo City, Mississippi, is just nasty up front. Uh, but the Brock Purdy story, story is pretty cool. And so I he has the zero. opportunity to be the first rookie in NFL history to advance to a Super Bowl as a and quarterback. Don't, and don't forget, he was Mr. Irrelevant. The very last pick of the draft, he was the first Mr. Irrelevant to start an NFL game, throw a touchdown in the NFL, win like win an NFL to start, game, uh, yeah. to start and then win. And he's just yeah. – the story is incredible. And so I honestly I hope for a really good football game, and I think that's what we're going to get. But, again – I, yeah, if I had if I had to pick right now, give me the Niners. They're hot, man. I think they can. I think they can find a way to win if they can just get deep, the average play from Brock Purdy they've been getting, and their defense is ridiculous. All right, I think I want the Niners to win because I think, honestly, let me put it this way: I agree with you. I want a good football game, and I want it to be a convincing, a good enough football game to where. The winner, I feel like, has a shot against the AFC because all yeah. season long, the AFC has just been better. Yeah. And the AFC, you're going to ha- have either Mahomes or Burrow, so you're going to have the quarterback mm-hmm. nod either way. Mm-hmm. And so, as a team, look good enough to compete with either of those teams, and I'll just cheer for Joe Burrow. There you go. <laughs> so, speaking of Joe Burrow, let's talk really quickly about Chiefs and Bengals. And the point I was going to make earlier, and I stopped myself, and you know me, I like to talk, so it's hard to stop myself. <laughs> but you look—you were talking about the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill. So the Chiefs lost their number one weapon, or 1-1-A. One, one if you want to do Kelsey as one, okay, whatever, 1-1-A. One one Either way, you lost him. And you replaced him with Juju or, you know— Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony that picked up middle of the season or um, Valdez Scantling. You know, you didn't replace him with anybody. That's mm-hmm. my point. Mm-hmm. And you you keep talking about how they haven't missed a beat missing their receivers. But what they had was dynamic on the outside. Mm-hmm. And what they're going up against now with Cincinnati is a young quarterback who is incredible, Joe Cool. Uh, one of the three best quarterbacks in the league, and he's got two dynamic weapons yeah. on the outside. 
three. I mean, you've got you've got um, Higgins mm-hmm. and shoot Jamar, um, Chase. Jamar Chase on the outside, and that is what Kansas City used to have. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati can be explosive. They've got a decent running game, but they don't rely on it. It reminds me a lot of that Kansas City offense when well, they, they had Kelsey and they've got Tyler. a great tight end. Hayden Hurst is really coming into his own. He left Atlanta where he was in an obscure offense. It wasn't good. And Joe Burrows made him a great tight end. He even jumped over somebody in the snow. Right. And so there's no doubt who I'm pulling for. And I mm. think you're probably pulling for, I don't know. I'll let you give your side in just a second. I w- am actively rooting for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. He's fun. He's got swag. He's everything I like about watching football, you know, because I always, you know, if you don't root for the team, your favorite teams, I mean, they give me the player with the best personality, the most fun to watch. And man, Joe Burrow is fun to watch. Mm. I agree. Thousand percent. I am all I'm rooting for the Bengals. They're fun to watch. They play really good football. Their defense is better. Joe Burrow is three and zero against Kansas City. I don't see any reason why, and I don't see any reason why he's not confident that he's about to be 4-0. The only oh, well, thing he's that, never going to not be confident. Right, exactly. But I, I'm just saying, like, there's no reason that he couldn't believe, and people shouldn't believe that he's about to be 4-0, except Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the difference maker for that offense, and he always is. Against Buffalo, they had no answer for him. Nobody really does. Had zero stars coming out of high school. Just a really cool story. One of the best tight ends that we've ever seen finds ways to get open. Travis Kelsey is the only reason that I think the Chiefs can win. It's again, it's been impressive that they still have the number one offense in, especially now that Pat Mahomes is hurt. But I I agree, man. Cincinnati is playing with a ton of swagger, a ton of confidence, and they're just a really good football team. And a Bengals 49er Super Bowl sounds like a fun football game to watch. And let me tell you this. Uh, I'll make one more point. We talked about pulling for teams based on Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Uh, my favorite Rebel of all time, I believe he's the best pound-for-pound pound player to ever wear the Ole Miss uniform, plays nickelback for Cincinnati. His name is Mike Hilton. Oh, If yeah. you have not watched Mike Hilton play, he's about five foot nine, and he is the best tackler in the NFL. Yeah. He is a heat-seeking missile, yep. and he doesn't play every game. He's small. You know, he's not a safety that can cover. He's not going to be the guy that covers Travis Kelsey. He's going to come in in special packages, and he's going to blitz late off the outside. And if you watch that Bills and Bengals game last night, he or last week, he was the guy that smoked Josh Allen, mm-hmm. uh, and the most the perfect tackle, where you you hit the quarterback in the chest with. One hand, you hit both hands. Your both hands hit both of his hands, knocked the ball out. His arm happened to be going forward, so it was an incomplete pass. But it was, uh, you're talking about unrecruited. He was a three star guy from Georgia, an afterthought, added late into the class. And the he was the Chucky Mullins Award winner his year at his senior year at Ole Miss. Just the best pound for pound player that's ever played at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss has produced some serious talent in the NFL at times. 
Yeah, great football game last week for him. Made some big tackles in Dawson Knox. Guys, they're twice his size. Uh, just a, a, you're right, absolute good football player. Just gritty, hard nosed. And those guys are are fun to watch. And I, again, I think a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl is very entertaining. Great defense, great offense, and I think it's a game that Joe Burrow can win. So. I think, I think that kind of sums up the NFL. We'll get a little bit more into Super Bowl talk after the conference championship games this weekend. But, again, the NFL, the playoffs have not disappointed in my mind, that's for sure. That, you're absolutely right. It's been a great slate of football, very competitive football for the whole playoffs. Yep. All right, Drew, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our Memphis Grizzlies, who are in the midst of a three-game losing streak, one of the first losing streaks we've had in over a calendar year. And surprise, surprise, it's happening on the road. Yeah, they it's no no question at all. They're 12 and 13 on the road this year, but they've only lost three games at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes on the heels of an 11-game win streak we were talking about last, year, last week. Uh, that win streak came to an end with a heartbreaker in L.A. Friday night against the Lakers. And that's what makes it worse is losing to LeBron after all that noise he taught last year and everything that went down with Shannon Sharp. I wanted to win that game. If nothing else, just out of spite. Yeah. So if you didn't see it, Shannon Sharp decided to chirp at Dylan Brooks and Dylan Brooks is not the fellow to chirp at. No. And so when he chirped back, things got <laughs> ugly and Steven Adams took his hair down and yeah. Shannon Sharp wanted to fight everybody, but Steven Adams, Steven Adams. <laughs> and, uh, he apologized to everybody but Steven Adams. <laughs> and <laughs> and if I were Shannon Sharp and I'm looking out there, because Shannon Sharp's a pretty big guy, mm-hmm. that's the only guy I wouldn't address as well. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I was listening to a podcast today that um, that put their tinfoil hat on a little bit. Because you know LeBron and Shannon are sharp. You heard that after the game where LeBron defended him. And, and then the next day Shannon Sharp Wait. got on. The same LeBron who's had people kicked out of the game for talking from the first row? Yeah, that guy. Got it. That guy. Uh, so LeBron and Shannon are boys. LeBron uh, stood up for him in the postgame interview, and then Monday morning on first take, Shannon Sharp apologized to LeBron as well as his stylist. I don't know if you saw that or not. I saw that, yeah. It's kind of strange, uh, considering his stylist put him in that cardigan. and that sent him grandpa out sweater. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but the tenfold hat aspect wasn't was that everybody knows that LeBron thinks the Grizzlies chirp too much. You know, there's been spats before with him and Bain in L.A., and he said, this person said, what if LeBron put Shannon up to it to get under the skin of the Grizzlies? You know, be that guy. Because you know Shannon don't mind talking smack. You know, he's he's good at it. I mean, I don't hate Shannon Sharp now. I think that was extremely silly, but I digress. But what if... LeBron put him up to it. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, LaFraud has done some crazy things in the past. I uh, would not doubt one bit that he needed that little extra because the Lakers are not a great basketball team right now. They got a lot of injuries. They are essentially, I don't know if you've seen this, but they're essentially the Washington Wizards West because they're starting Russell Westbrook and uh, LeBron James and then three former Wizard players. So, uh, Russell Westbrook's a former wizard. That's right. So four, you absolutely <laughs> forgot he was on there for a little bit. Um, but yes, yeah, so I would not surprise me at all. Not at all. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, the Grizzlies are on a three game losing streak. Uh, two of the games 
uh, were close at, at times. You know, that heartbreaker where Desmond loses the ball, uh, wasn't aware of his surroundings late in that game against the Lakers. Uh, and then uh, on a back-to-back, they played um, at oh, Phoenix and at Sacramento. At Phoenix. And the, the Phoenix game was not competitive until late. Credit the Grizz for showing up late, trying to make that competitive. There was some very questionable officiating at the beginning of that game. It was one of those games. But and you I were down you, 29 points. I mean, That's it. And, and, and it was one of those games, Drew, and I'll talk about this more in a minute, where you could tell our body language is off from the jump. Jaron blocked the very first play of the game, and after that it's just we were kind of going through the motions, and then those whistles certainly didn't help our calls. But well, let, me, let me put it to you this way. The team was on an 11-game win streak, and they went to L.A. And it's a young team. They went out, and they went out hard. And then if if you pay attention to NBA talk, you know that there's three or four cities that will cause the flu. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And it's L.A., and it's Phoenix, and it's Atlanta, and it's Miami. Yep. And they went to Phoenix and got hit in the mouth quick. And the common thread between Phoenix and Sacramento, who they played last night and, again, got down early, is you've caught the best shooting nights they've had mm-hmm. ever. Yep. Sacramento last night, and Harrison Barnes went five for five from three yep. in the first quarter last night. And you they got down guys, early. The Kings had three guys shoot 60-plus percent from beyond the arc. Yep. And so this is the NBA, and the Kings are the three seed right now. And so, whereas I feel like they've kind of coasted a little bit and it kind of let themselves go on a little mini vacation right here, you couple, you're good enough to win while not playing your best, but you couple that with teams that are just shooting the absolute cover off the ball. And if the Grizzlies play their best game, they're going to be, they gave up 47 points in the first quarter against Sacramento. Like you're not, you're, you're behind. It don't matter who you play, how good you play but they actually tied it up in the third. So, I mean, they right. came back and played good basketball. It got away from us late because the Kings couldn't miss. And I think you nailed it, man. That's the sign of a young team. We're still super young. We're still figuring out on the road. But what's helpful, Drew, we're 11-13 and 13 on the road this year. We're 5-11 and 11 against the Western Conference on the road. This is what I was getting at. So I still think the Grizzlies are going to be one of the top three seeds in the Western Conference. I think they're going to make a deep playoff run. And I'm not panicking because, again, we're a young team who's playing the long game. And I'll get into that here in a minute. But we're 5-11 and 11 against, the, uh, against the Western Conference on the road. Our wins are against the Rockets, Kings, Trailblazers, Spurs, and Suns. So not great teams. But what's helpful is there are only there are two teams in the Western Conference that are above 500 on the road. Right. The, Nuggets, the West Conference is very deep. Very deep. The Nuggets uh, and the uh, – uh, the I'll find it again here in a minute, but the Nuggets and there's one other team that Sacramento. are the only ones. I think it might be Sacramento. They're the only two teams that are above 500 on the road. So the Western Conference is deep. Everybody's struggling on the road. It's still early in the season, but this is why, like, I think this tells me more than anything that we need to make a trade to make an impact now. I don't know that the front office is going to do this because we are playing the long game, as I said earlier. We've shown that time and time again. We're still playing for three and four years down the road with the way that we manage our draft capital. We don't make in-season trades. We only make trades on draft night. We hang on to picks because we're trying to play that long game. If we're going to try and win a title this year, 
unless Danny Green goes back to being that 3 and D kind of guy that he's known to be, he's won three NBA titles as a perimeter defender, which we're struggling at right now, and he adds wing depth because Zaire is not quite who he used to be. I think if we're going to be competitive this year, we're a player away because you need that veteran leadership on the road to say, hey, you know, we're going to go out and party, but we got business to take care of tomorrow because and that's where uh, it's the Nuggets and Kings. You're right. The Nuggets and Kings are the only two with winning records, but that's where the home court comes in advantage where you need to be one of those top couple seeds so you can get home court. The Grizzlies are currently 20 and three in the FedEx forum. We win really, really big. We play really well at home. Nobody wants to go play four games in Denver or four games in Utah or four games in Sacramento come playoff time. I think the Grizzlies right the ship. I think Danny Green can help with that. And if not package him in the expiring contract for somebody who can provide us that perimeter defense, because we're really going to need home court when it comes right down to it. Perimeter shooting, you know, that's what Danny Green is, needs to bring. And that's what they need to look at adding. And if they look at Danny Green and then they look at the rest of the people in the market and say, you know, our best option is Danny Green, then by all means, you know, you're seeing him, you're sure. seeing him practice. Let's roll with Danny Green. Let's run it. But <laughs> what? We, do, like you said, we need a consistent shooter, and we're struggling right now defending the three because, while, yes, they've had their best shooting nights against us, they got hot. This has been a common theme. Teams are shooting almost 40% from beyond the arc against us this year. Our perimeter defense needs to be better, and Danny Green can be that guy. We just need, we just, I guess we just got to test it out. Yeah. Um, Regarding the road woes, it's well documented on this podcast. This isn't the first time we've talked about it. But if you look at what the Western Conference is doing right now, you're, we're talking the ultimate goal. If you look back or you go to the end of the year and you are a top four seed, that's the number one goal. That's home field advantage in the first round. That's what you need. And then after that, you'd love to be a two seed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you your home field advantage throughout, you know, unless – you know, until the conference finals. Right. So if you look at the standings right now, so at the last 10 games, the Grizzlies come off an 11-game winning streak. They've lost three in a row. They're still three and a half games up on the three seed, which is well, they lost a game last night because the three seed is Sacramento. If you look down at the last 10 games in the West, nine and one is Denver. They're running away with the one seed right now. They can't be beat. Memphis seven and three. Sacramento seven and three. New Orleans two and eight. The Clippers are five and five. Dallas, the sixth seed, is three and seven. Phoenix is a seven seed. They're five and five. Utah six and four. Minnesota six and four. Golden State four and six. The next best record is actually Oklahoma City, who's moved into the nine spot and is tied with Golden State. I'm sorry, the 11 spot and tied with Golden State record-wise is seven and three. And so you you look at that and you're just like, okay, well, trading water is working right now, mm-hmm. but you can identify the issues. And like you said, with road woes and the, you know, going out, you know, we all speculate <laughs> that they're going out and that's why they're coming out a little sluggish. That's what... I believe you need to address three-point shooting depth. And then if you can go get Jay Crowder, go get an old head, you know, grandpops, that can go in there and has the cachet, and you know he's got it because he's played with you before, played for you before, that you can he can command that locker room and say, listen, go out if you can keep up when it comes game time, but if you can't keep up, then you need to stay your tail at home. Mm-hmm. And 
and I'm not, I think the Grizzlies are fine. Honestly, I think the game tonight, the late game against Golden State tonight, is the most important game that we've had since Christmas Day. And Christmas Day was important. (laughs) Yeah. And Christmas Day was important just because of the gravity of the situation and being Mm -hmm. able to have the opportunity to play on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. But this is the biggest game of the season so far because if you win tonight, the previous three games, flush them. They don't matter. You're right. They're not indicative of anything if you can win this game. And we're back on national TV. We're playing what Steve Kerr, who for the longest time would not call us a rival, called us a rival this week. We're playing one of our biggest rivals, the, still the reigning ty- the reigning champs, one of the best teams in the last few years. Tonight matters. I agree 100%. You go out there and you just, even if you just beat them, but if you beat them convincingly, road woes are gone. You got a big win. You've righted the ship. I think that Danny, I think kind of back to your point, Drake Crowder, don't love that, but I like the idea of it. It's like when Vince Carter came in. Vince Carter came in in the twilight of his career, one of the former greatest NBA players that I've ever seen in my lifetime, and was just that veteran leader, Tayshaun Prince, before him that came in and kind of made those teams what they were and got us those deep playoff runs. Danny Green has that championship pedigree. I hope it's him so we don't have to make a big move. But a guy like that in a trade is, I think, like you said, is what we need to kind of get this young team heading in the right direction. Again, I don't think we make a trade because it's not our front office's M.O. We're still playing the long game. The last thing I'll say about that is I hope we don't get so caught up in the long game that we look back and be like, man, that was the year that we should have made a move because we were hot. That was the year we should have done something. Right, because I think what you can see now is that what's I love – players like John Conchar and Xavier Tillman as much as anybody. You love them because they're yours. You get to know them. Uh, but as you're playing the long game and the we keep going further in this long game, you can start to see the writing on the wall. And I don't think that players like John Conchar and Xavier Tillman and to a lesser degree, Zaire Williams, some of those young guys, that they are not expendable for greater good. Right. You know, because priority one – with Jaron in the lineup, the defense is great. Mm-hmm. Um, perimeter defense is not good, but a lot of times you can't you can't guard an amazing shooting night. Anyways, you can't. Oh, you you know you you're not going to stop somebody from shooting the cover off the ball every right. once in a while. But you've got to have perimeter shooting. We, right now we've got we start a lineup: Ja, Bain, Dylan, Jaron, and R.I.P. Stephen Adams. Now it's hopefully Brandon Clark. But regardless, yeah. you've got one shooter you can count on late in games if you need a three. Yeah. And so it's, uh, so that's the reason why, even if you like Danny Green and you want to keep Danny Green for the culture and for shooting and for proven track record in the playoffs, great. Go get another one. Yeah. I don't disagree. And, and uh, unfortunately, I'm afraid and afraid, whatever. I think it's going to be X. It's going to be in that five position because his game most mimics Steven Adams. And I think they're, you know, you're playing, you're paying. Well, you're dealing with Kevon Looney too tonight. And so you need a big lug, and that's what Steven Adams could be for you. And so X can step into that role that can be that rebounder and that offensive player. But I think Brandon Clark is is the future. You know, he's a great player. We're paying him big money to be that. But I think just to mimic, especially tonight, Steven's game, X will get the start. Regardless, you're absolutely right. These guys like Conchar, we need to move them while they're having good seasons. Conchar, not as much lately. He's in the concussion protocol, but hasn't been playing a ton of great basketball lately. But if you can package in even like like a, a David Roddy or a Jake LaRavia to move some pieces around, to get 
you know, uh, uh, Mikael Bridges, uh, uh, Gary Trent Jr., who we've talked about on this podcast, like uh, Mikael Beasley, these guys that we can go after and get at a reasonable price that that gets us more depth at the wing, gets us a guy that can shoot. I don't know. That's a bad move to keep us competitive in, in the Western Conference. Because like you said, the Nuggets are running away with the one seed. We really need to hang on to that two seed so that we can have at least home court until the conference finals. Yeah, and regarding those trades for Malik Beasley, OG Ananobi, I'm scared that we're going to get priced out of the market or overpay because there are some real contenders with real holes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lakers are probably going to try They're to get whoever everybody. they can, you mm-hmm. know, uh, to to keep LeBron happy and to keep a championship window open while he's still playing for them and good. Um, that's the only thing I worry about. I know that reports came out that the uh, Toronto had turned down three first-round picks for OG Ananobi, and Ooh. you're not giving up three picks for no. OG Ananobi, I don't think. Even though I think he's a great player, you know, you probably settle for somebody like Gary Trent off the same team. You yeah. know, maybe you can get him at a lesser price. Mm-hmm. And so there's moves out there. I'm just, yeah. you know, we keep talking about this long view that they have, and I don't know that they're going to really be spenders. I don't think so. I think they still see our championship window as longer. We as fans get short-sighted and like we see the potential now. We want to win now, but I think climbing these guys are playing the long run because looking at our stats right now, we're in the top 10 in every statistical category except for three-point shooting, three-point percentage given up, and freaking free throws. But regardless, we move the ball really well. We score. We're the best team in the paint. Our our hole is obviously – Three-point shooting, three-point defense. If we can figure that out with the guys that we have, because, you know, Zaire could be that. He had moments last year where he was. If we can figure that out, what we I got, I don't think great. that he would be on the block. What I would be curious is, and this is kind of the last thought I have on it, if I could ask Zach Kleiman and, you know, give him truth serum, I'd be curious what he would rather give up, whether he would rather give up picks or players. And players, I'm not talking about any of the bench players, but – if he would be willing to give up someone like Zaire or Roddy who, or, you know, then the end of the bench players, you know, what would he be, would he rather give up Brandon Clark or three or first Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Or Dylan Brooks. I don't, I've, I've changed on Dylan Brooks. You can't move him at this point. Although he did have the worst shot in Grizzlies history the other night <laughs> he shoots us out of game that's the one thing like Ja can say all he wants about he's our guy we we don't mind his offense because his defense is so good but he's 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 tony allen except for he's aggressive tony allen because he, he will shoot you out of a game yeah but he's gotten better about that as the whole season has gone on kind of. um but without jaw the other night he went total hero ball you hero. know it's it's got to be me coach <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, and I, I don't know why, Drew, but it it ticks me off so much when he tucks that basketball like a football and makes that move to the goal like and that infuriates me towards the sidelines and then hits the shot clock like that infuriates me when he tucks that ball. I get so mad because it's like, what are we doing? Because you've probably got somebody standing around open. I just the, the one thing, the last thing I'll say about it is, again, I think the Grizzlies is going to be fine. We've just got a bigger target on our back because of all the talking that we do. You know, since right. Josh said I'm fine in the West, we have not been fine in the West, and I think that's going to right the ship. That's a young player learning. I think veteran I'd leadership. I'd rather him have that mentality mentality than not. But, but when you but when you you've say gotta that, back it up. you can't write checks with your mouth that your butt can't cash. Yeah, and when you say won't. stuff like that, you got to show up and play night after night. You can't have because like you you called me out on Twitter because I was hate watching that game because 
they were I was more invested on my couch than the players I was watching on TV. You can't have games like that when you call out the Western Conference. That's all I'm right. saying. Right. And then you make you get close enough in a late game to make me stay up and then lose. <laughs> right. That's bad. You know, you're winning against the Lakers. It's a nine o'clock tip. You keep me yep. up till midnight and then to lose it in the last 30 seconds. I, you didn't want to hear what I thought. <laughs> no, nope. again, especially after it started off so uninspired, but. Uh, but yeah, that's our Grizzlies. Drew, you got anything else you want to cover tonight? Man, I don't have anything else. Um, it's been a good sports week. You can tell it's kind of starting to dwindle down just a fuzz. Um, you know, you've got fewer football games to cover. You know, you don't have your typical 16 NFL games you can talk about or college football. So we're getting down to the good part of the NFL season, the the pinnacle of the season. That's exciting, but you also know on the horizon that it's almost over yep. and that's sad, but you know, it's still just appointment viewing right now and you can't miss any of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, what football is left is going to be really good football. You know, even the, the pro bowl is going to be a little bit more interesting this year because they're bringing back some of the skills challenges. I don't know if you've seen that. They're going to highlight some of that a little bit more. So that makes that a little bit more interesting. Otherwise, I won't care much about the pro bowl. But yeah, the, the next pro bowl I watch will be the first one. But this one's piqued my interest more than any of the past ones. Mm-hmm. And so conference title games this weekend, y'all make sure you tune into those on Sunday. I think there'll be some good games. And then uh, hopefully the Grizz, like you said, Drew, can write their winning ways here in about an hour and – 15 minutes with a late tip on a national televised game, but I'll buck another great episode, man. Enjoyed chatting with you and talking about sports and looking forward to uh, next week. I will be back in the great state of Mississippi for a few days. And so looking forward to maybe doing an episode together. There's some talks about going to a Grizz game together. So you never know what we're going to put out next. So make sure you stay tuned to all of our socials at two bucks sports pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, find us the two bucks sports podcast on apple spotify google amazon wherever you get your podcasts we are there and if you like to see our shiny faces don't forget our youtube channel two bucks sports podcast on youtube there you go rusty you've covered all the bases and stay tuned for next week because we're going to do something in person uh record our first podcast in person and uh go hopefully go see a grizzlies game so uh, stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of content next week that we're excited about. Absolutely. Drew, enjoy it, buddy. I'll see you next week. See you, buddy.